And for those of you that may not know her, this is Rose, and it's her birthday tomorrow. Right? I, I figure maybe that's why you're coming in a little trying to miss the announcements there, but we're going to call you out. Happy birthday tomorrow, Rose. You guys going to sing happy birthday to mom tomorrow? Yeah. All right. Make sure. Yeah. You make sure dad helps you too, okay? All right. How long has it been, Dwayne? Two months since you spoke last? Six weeks? It's about six weeks, something like that. Dwayne and Jane DeYoung have been with us in the area for probably six months now. Did you come before Christmas or? November. November, yeah, it's almost seven months. And they're getting ready to leave us. A few weeks. I'm sure I, I, he'll, he'll tell us all about that. He'll tell us more. But uh, Dwayne's going to come and share with us again this morning and let us know where God's leading them and, and what he's doing in their lives and what he's done in their lives. Well, thank you. It's good to be back again this morning. I'm just going to make sure this is good. We're good there. All right. It's, uh, yeah, I think six weeks ago was the last time I spoke. And we just kind of shared kind of what God had been doing in our life and that faith walk that we've had to take and that journey that it uh, brought us through and quite a, quite a time. Um, but we're happy to be here again this morning. We just want to thank you again for allowing us the time to, to just speak and present kind of what's on our heart, what God has laid out kind of before us the last couple of years. Um, and uh, it's been quite a road, and we'll share some of that with you. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to thank you again. Uh, thank Pastor because, you know, um, I'll share towards the end um, he kind of kicked this off a little bit for us, not knowingly, but uh, um, he invited me to fill in for him for a few for a few Sundays, and that created uh, a whirlwind a little bit for us. And so we'll share some of that and how he was involved in that. Um, also, uh, we've been getting to know uh, Marty a little bit. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, I'm not. I guess it depends on the day. Uh, you know, <clears throat> earlier in the year, um, we had some car issues. Uh, Pastor helped us out a little bit with getting into town and getting parts. Of course, it was our only vehicle to get around, so we only, you know, couldn't go anywhere. It was down, it was out. We couldn't, we couldn't use it at all. And, uh, and then one day, Marty comes out and he says, look, I, you know, I'm going to come pick you guys up. We're going to bring you into town. You can use our van. You can do some grocery shopping, run your errands, different things like that. We said, wow, that's great. So he did. He came and he picked us up, you know, brought us in. We, he dropped him off at home. We spent the afternoon in town getting groceries and doing some other errands. We get done. We go to pick him up, you know, and I said, well, I'm going to fill this tank up for him. You know, it's the least I could do, you know, to thank him. And so I filled this tank up for him and 
went and got him and he took us back home and shortly after that and then and and I think it was the the next uh, that Sunday was the Sunday I was speaking um, of that week and so he gets home and he calls me that day and he goes what have you done what did you do he says you know you shouldn't have done that and I'm like I don't know what are you talking about he says you you've sinned against me he says I said, wow, what did I do? I said, maybe this isn't a good Sunday for me to speak, you know. <laughs> and he says, well, you put, you put gas in the tank of our van. And he says, you shouldn't have done that. We wanted you to be able to utilize that from us, and you shouldn't have done that. So on Sunday, I'll have that $20 for you, and I'll give it back to you. And he says, well... You know, really, I mean, we used your van. It's our pleasure to be able to fill it up for you. And he says, nope, nope, on Sunday I'll have that 20 for you. So Sunday came around, and he says, I got that 20 for you right here. He says, I'm going to wait, and we'll see how you do today. <laughs> he says, because at 11 o'clock, I'm going to raise that 20. <laughs> he says, at 11.05, I'm going to raise 15. <laughs> and so on. So that's how Marty's been for us as we've been here, and it's been great to get to know him and Sue and, and uh, some others around as well. So, well, let me share a little bit with you today. First of all, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are here today. Congratulations, and uh, happy Mother's Day to my wife as well. Um, today is also a good, uh, kind of a, a special day for us because this day in 2010 was when God called us into full-time ministry. And so it's a special day for us, kind of an anniversary as well, if you want to call it that. Um, so I just want to give a little bit of history on us and how God brought us through this journey, really, that he's led us on and, and, and kind of where it brings us to today. Um, First, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Wow, how true that statement is. So I'll start out with telling you a little bit about Jane. Jane was saved at a young age of seven. Uh, she was brought up in a Christian home. Both her father and mother were involved in their church. Her dad led singing, was part of the choir. Um, her mom played the piano. Um, she's a beautiful piano player. Her dad has got a great voice, and so they're just very active in that. They loved doing that. They were involved in the youth group. They were youth group leaders. Um, and so Jane grew up in a home that was right a Christian home, good home, good family. Um, and she would say that her family was very stable, Christian-oriented, secure, you know, all of those things that as a kid you want to grow up in and with, with your parents. As Jane grew up, Jane went to Cornerstone, or then, this will date her a little bit, Baptist Bible College, um, and then at Eastern where she graduated with a BBA. She moved back to Grand Rapids after, because she lived over on the east side of the state over near Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, if you've heard of Ypsilanti is where she grew up. She moved back over to the Grand Rapids side 
Um, and then she put her, of course, her, uh, her college degree to work and she became a human resource director for, uh, for a pretty large manufacturing company. Well, in 1991, her life changed dramatically. She met me. <laughs> well, we dated for about six months. That's about all I needed. And then I proposed to her. And then in four months after that, we were married. Amen, yes. <laughs> so for me, I was also saved at a young age. I was saved when I was seven. Um, grew up as an MK. My parents were missionaries to Australia. Uh, my dad was a church planner with Baptist Men Missions. Um, as kids, we were always involved in various things in the church, of course. It seemed like we always had to be there early, do the setup. You know, we always had to rent at a hall or something, if I remember right. We always had to set up chairs and tables and all those things. So that was part of our job as kids was to do that. So we were always involved in just uh, different, different, different things in the church. A lot of times the church was in, initially it was in our home. And so that was hard. We had to, change, we had to clean our room every Sunday or Saturday night. I mean, come on. Um, I have uh, three siblings. I have uh, uh, two brothers and a sister. I am the middle child. So yes, I did get in trouble a lot. Um, we never lived in one place for more than four years. Um, before I met Jane, I'd lived in four different countries, including the US. And before I was 20, I'd lived in 13 different places. I would describe my upbringing, upbringing as ministry-oriented, of course, uh, full of heartache, uh, but loving and caring. I joined the Navy in 1986, served for four years inactive, and then four years inactive. After I got out, I went to community college um, while I was working, and then I also landed a job where I knew this human resource manager uh, at, a, at a big manufacturing company. Uh, my wife, and uh, started working there, uh, where I was able to continue my need to move around a lot. I had several different jobs in that company. Um, so I learned a lot, grew a lot. I was able to do a lot of things. I did warehousing, manufacturing manager, CAD designer, operator, estimator, project manager, R&D, and robotics. So I moved around in the time that we were there. We have two kids. Our oldest is Cassidy, who's 27, Colton, who is 23, and this past January, we uh, gained a new daughter-in-law, Grace. So we're happy for them. During our entire marriage, up until 2008, 2009, um, it seemed like God had just put this thing inside of me, this this idea of I should do more than what I'm doing, right? I mean, this, this job just doesn't seem to be fulfilling me. Um, Jane always used to say, well, you should, you should be a fire, volunteer firefighter or, or a pastor, not a pastor, <laughs> was what I was always saying. But she, could, she continued to pray um, that God would give me a heart for ministry. Um, In 2008 and 2009, within two months of each other, uh, Jane was laid off from her job and I was laid off from my job. 
And so that was the, 2009 really was the year that God just started to hone in on us, soften our hearts, and really show us what he, where he wanted us to go. So how did we get where we are now? I'm hoping to be able to get to this presentation here, but <laughs> we're going to try and get done early. Um, so in 2010, we were commissioned with ABWE. We worked with GAP, Global Access Partnerships, uh, Dave Ford. I'm pretty sure you guys know Dave Ford. Dave Ford and I worked very closely together in uh, Thailand, Laos, and India. Uh, we did a lot of uh, trips there together, uh, working with local pastors to help with outreach programs, training programs. We did water filtration as an outreach. We did uh, business training, um, you name it. We're just all kinds of different things that we did together. So from then till 2015 was a great time uh, of ministry for us. And we were raising support as well at that time. Um, but in 2015, uh, this, this uh, other organization came up. They didn't really have a name, but it was part of ABWE. Um, and eventually ended up with the name of International Businesses Missions. And they had asked us if we would consider working alongside of them at some capacity, which we didn't know at the time, but we would eventually moved uh, with them and they actually got their 501c3 and became their own entity and kind of split away from ABWE. It wasn't a, a bad split, this was a split that ABWE wanted to happen because they weren't capable of really doing that type of ministry along with the other things that they did. So in 2015, we made that switch. Um, 2015 was a really tough year. We had to give up what we had known in Thailand and Laos and in India. Uh, Dave Ford and I were like this. <laughs> and now we weren't gonna be working together anymore. So we were, we didn't know where, at the time we didn't know where we were going, we thought Kosovo. Um, so that was completely opposites. Um, so that was a very trying time, very hard time for both Dave and I, uh, especially with the mission ministries that we had already started. But we made that switch. From 2015 to 2021 was again difficult years for us. As we made the switch, it was pioneering that we did really with international businesses missions because they were new. We were their only missionaries that they had. And so we didn't really know what was gonna happen throughout those years, but we were willing to partner with them, willing to pioneer with them and being gracious. I'm not gonna go into a lot of details of what happened, but we actually, we ended up leaving the ministry. Um, they were not gonna do ministry in, the, in Eastern Europe anymore. Uh, we don't know why to this day, we don't know why they decided that, but um, they've, they've done away with that. Um, but through those things, God has developed within us this heart for ministry leaders, ministry workers around the world that go through those things. How do we care for them, right? How do, who does that and how do they do that? And so that's what God has burdened us with is let's do this. Let's take care of them. Let's create this network of people. It's, it's like any one of us that has a job. If you're an engineer, a doctor, a, a heavy equipment operator, a builder, it doesn't matter what you are. If you have a technical issue, you've got to get technical help. Right? And so when you do that, you just can't call Joe and say, hey, Joe, I got this problem with 
this dumaflachi that's doing this, right? And he's not going to know what to do because he doesn't know the equipment. He doesn't know what you're doing. You've got to get the expert in there to help. And we feel that God has, has uniquely qualified us in a way where we can go and we can help and we can be with them where they're at. So, that's where we're at now. That's where God has led us to and how we got to where we're at. Excuse, sorry about that. <clears throat> so, we went through the testimonies, um, past ministry, and how we got where we're at. Our vision. Come alongside ministry and ministry workers to keep them in and effective in those ministries. Romans 1, 11, 12 says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Our purpose. When they leave, the body of Christ is affected. That's so important to make sure that when missionaries, especially like us, we had to leave the field. Those people that we left behind have been affected. Those local people that we were witnessing to, that we built those relationships with, they were affected. You know, we had an opportunity to go back in a year, uh, actually two years, almost two years, a year and a half after we left, we had an opportunity to go back and visit. And some of those were like, I thought I would never see you again. And in fact, I didn't want to meet another American because I was afraid that they would leave me. Because we build, as Americans, we build those relationships with those people. And this is what happens. So, so when they leave, what happens? How do they leave well? So we want to be able to help with that. We want to keep the families healthy and intact. So important that we minister to our families, right? Our kids should be our first ministry. And it's important that we are ministering to them. And how do we do that? How can we connect with them to be able to do that? And those are the things that God has laid on us that we want to be part of. And as you'll see, we've connected with other places that can help us with that. Mission multipliers. Success multiplies kingdom impact. Well, if we can help meet the needs, the more likely ministry leaders are to stay in ministry before it gets too late. A lot of times those leaders are in a place where they don't have that help or maybe they're afraid to speak out. But if we can get to them and help them and be with them where they're at, that could just be the thing that, that might keep them there. Our mission is to connect, engage, and utilize. We connect, we've connected since uh, IBAM. It took us about six months to eight months um, of really praying and searching where would God want us to be and how can he utilize this this new thing that he's given us is how do we take care of our missionaries and our ministry workers? How do we do that? Who can we connect with? Who can we partner with? And we've partnered with Paraclete Mission Group. They are the agency that we're with now. Um, Paraclete, transliteration of the Greek word literally meaning called beside or alongside to help. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit is. That's the word paraclete is to come alongside. We love what Paraclete does. We love who they are. They have connected us with even the ministries that we're involved in now. 
Um, so we've been able to connect with them, connect with the other ministries, and, and there's just more, more people that we, can, that we can connect with and work with. Caregivers. Uh, this is a conference, this is a forum that we use. Um, it connects ministries together. Um, it connects, connects uh, ministry care workers together. Um, it's a great forum for us to be able to go to. We try to go to that every year. Uh, personal connection. Uh, through the years of our ministry and experience um, and friends, we have many personal connections that we're able to uh, really dive into their life and, and to the help that they might need. Some of them are still on the field, some of them are at home. Um, we had the opportunity to meet with a few of them just a few weeks ago. Uh, and a blessing to us it was to be able to do that. And then networking. Uh, it's important for us to use even our personal connections that we have, our past history, some of the other uh, agencies that we worked with to, to create that network of, hey, who's in your network? Who's in your um, area that, that might need help? Who, who's there that we can connect with, that we can network with um, to either bring the help, help, meet them where they're at, whatever it might be in their life. But networking is very important. Uh, engage. Spending time with ministry workers to listen, encourage, and uplift. By supporting during transitions, preparing to leave, returning. These are all, these are all things that, that affect them. By looking ahead to future training for debriefing and returning to the States. So we want to engage not only just in what we see and you know, those people that we come in contact with, but looking to the future, how can we be better effective? How can we add value um, to what we're doing? And one of those things is we want to be able to debrief. So you've heard of debriefing, missionaries come home and they go through this debriefing time, uh, either with their agency or their agency uses another uh, agency to do the debriefing and we wanna be part of that. Um, debriefing can sometimes be a little bit scary for missionaries when they come home because they don't know what to expect and they think it's, if it's from their agency, there might be some things that they're looking for and might be wanting to you know, maybe judge on. Uh, those types of, there's always those fears, just like you in a job when you go through and have a performance appraisal done. You know, you're always afraid of, okay, what do I have to improve on to now, right? So you want to, always want to go in with your best foot forward. Same thing for missionaries. They go through the same things. And by filling in the gaps, um, as Pastor mentioned last Sunday, we are heading to Kosovo again. We've been asked to come over and fill in the gap for a missionary family that's coming home for a short furlough. Uh, they want to keep their uh, ministry going. And so we worked with them in the past. Matter of fact, we helped get their ministry started. And so they've asked us to come and fill in for them. Um, they don't have to train anybody new. Um, it's just a simple come in and, and we're plugged in. Uh, in see, I did, wait, wait a minute, am I, did I miss one? Jane, did I miss that? I'm behind? Engage, okay. I did that one. Skills. Maybe mine isn't uh, the same. Skills. Skills and experiences to support in practical ways. We believe that through our work history um, and through uh, our experiences on the field that we've gone through um, in ministry, that uh, those will be huge. Um, 
to those that are on the field, knowing that they're not just dealing with somebody that just came out, right? Who are you? Where you been? What have you done? How do you know who I am? You know, all those kinds of things. It's important to know that this, this person that you're going to be dealing with is somebody that has some of that experience. Uh, resources to connect with uh, missionary wo ministry workers uh, with needed support. Um, we're building this constantly um, as we get to know different agencies and um, uh, different, different networking um, people that we have been in contact with, building those resources. Uh, teams for short-term uh, projects. We want to utilize people. We, we do short-term trips. We'll take teams with us sometimes. Sometimes it's overseas. Sometimes it's here in the States. Last fall, we took a team from our home church down to Tennessee uh, to work on a project. And we did put a, a shepherd's hut, kind of like a tiny house, together on a hay wagon uh, for one of the ministries down there that wants to be able to move it around their property for people to stay in. So they can stay along the creek or up in the mountain or whatever, they, but they can move that around. It'll be solar powered and things like that. Engage. Did I do that one, Jane? Yeah. I did that one. Connect. Why am I going backwards? You guys. Partner. I should have had her come up here and do this. I tried to talk her into it. Partners. Uh, the current partners that we have are Crossroads Mission Care. Uh, their ministry is to civil and spiritual responders, and they're out of Tennessee. We've partnered with them over the past two years, helping them with the first responders portion uh, and the outreach uh, that it does in their local community there. Uh, this fall, we plan to help with developing their missionary care portion of their ministry. Eden Ridge is a missionary-focused retreat center. They're also in Tennessee. They're, these two places, uh, these two top places are about an hour apart. So we're hoping that this fall we can split up uh, some of our time between the two. Um, Eden Ridge is, is a very well-established um, center, uh, a retreat center, and they're looking to expand. So they need help with some of the grounds work, um, some of the insides of the, the new buildings that they're going to be putting up. Um, and they also want us to be there to help focus on the missionaries that are staying there. How can we help? How can we engage with them? Kosovo, of course, I already mentioned that. We'll be there this, uh, this summer. Um, and we continue to do that. It seems like every year God calls us back. Uh, we have very short-term partners. Um, last year, I was able to help with a place called Shekinah Ranch, uh, where... The folks that run that needed to take a vacation. They hadn't had a vacation in years. Hadn't seen their daughter in years. So they wanted to go to Texas to visit. But they needed somebody there that could plow, that could keep their cabins open, do the cleaning, meet their guests. And so we went out and we hosted for that, for them for the month. So those are the things, those are other short-term partners that we like to be involved in. Future opportunities. Uh, Live Global, which is part of ABWE, Dave Ford and I have continued to work together over the years. Uh, and last fall, he and I were able to take a, kind of a survey trip together to Greece and Spain, uh, looking at some potential ministry partnerships there, um, looking at potentially starting a member care facility in Spain. Um, and so those are some long-term uh, goals that we have and future opportunities. Refresh Soul is another one that I met this uh, January, uh, February, yeah, it was February, um, and they're looking for hosts for their retreat centers. 
So people that just volunteer to come out and host, and we, we thought it'd be a great idea for us to be able to learn what it means to host for a group of men or couples. And so we've offered our, our time to be able to host for them. We're currently waiting on their schedule um, of when they'll be doing that. How can you come alongside us? Ways that you can help, ways that you can uh, come alongside, be a paraclete for us. Prayer, commit to a day or a week each month to pray specifically for us in this ministry. We feel this ministry is just so important. Follow us on Facebook for a group real uh, for Facebook group for real time updates. Um, so our Facebook page is called On the Road with the DeYoungs. Monthly, one time, or special projects um, as a financial gift. We often do special projects. For instance, the Shepherd's Hut that we did. Um, we helped to raise uh, some funds for that um, for the inside. So putting the inside together. And then short-term trips, be willing to be part of what we're doing. Um, we'll be often asking for uh, people that can come out um, and help on these, on these trips and different, different things that we are doing. Um, I'm going to have Jane come up, and she's just going to read. We, we have, uh, Pastor last week uh, talked about Priscilla and Aquila. And um, Priscilla and Aquila have really resonated with us. And uh, we found this summary, and I'm going to have Jane read it, but I just wanted to briefly just talk to you about how important this is. Right today, I don't know if Jane and I would be here speaking to you if some events had not happened this year. Before Pastor had asked me to fill in for him, I had said to Jane, God hasn't provided us with any work this year. We have nothing in the pipeline for our ministry. What are we going to do? And then we have problems with our car. So we are, our support is very low at the moment. It's under $1,000 a month. And fixing the vehicle took half of our paycheck. You know, that means a lot when you, when you don't get a big paycheck, right? And I had told Jane, I said, I think that we are done. In ministry. I said, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I had been offered to go to North Carolina look at a potential job. And I told Jane, I said, I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to go down there, we're going to look at this, and if it's, if it's something that we can do, we're going to take it. We're going to get out of ministry. I was very frustrated, didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go. Of course, praying, God, please fill our year. What are we going to do? Bring in the funds. How can we do it? And then pastor asks me to, to, to speak. How am I going to do this? I don't even know if I want to stay in ministry. How is this going to happen? Well, we had a missionary couple that we work with come alongside us. And they told us how important our ministry was to them. We needed to hear that. We had no idea. But they came to us and they said, no, you guys are in this for the long haul. We need you. Don't give up. Don't let Satan speak into your life. 
And then they prayed with us right there and right then. And that was the turning point. The next day, God filled our calendar. We're going to Kosovo. The two places in Tennessee that we mentioned want us for, a, for, for, the, full of, for the whole uh, fall into the winter, even into next year. So we're just now praying that God will, will fill the finances that we need to be able to do that. But this is how important the ministry is, to be able to be an encourager to those that are ministry workers. You know, just, just to speak into them. Hear, hear, hear where they're at. And how can we be an encouragement to them? Because without that, without them doing that, I wouldn't be right here today. So we just thank God for those people that are there now and doing that. Jane, you want to, she's going to read fast. And then we just want to pray for you guys and pray for the church here when she is done. Priscilla and Aquila are a fascinating study in men and women working together for the good of the church and the cause of the kingdom. The story of Priscilla and Aquila holds out a cache of important truths. At the surface, it demonstrates the added value of men and women partnering over the long term for the cause of Christ. But there are more specific elements that intersect with our realities. First, it is clear from their wide travels that Priscilla and Aquila recognized their citizenship was in heaven, Philippians 3.20. They were at home in Rome, Corinth, Ephesus, and anywhere else that their mission called them. Their work calls to mind the second century epistle to Diognetes, where it is said of Christians, they live in their own countries, but only as non-residents. They participate in everything as citizens and endure everything as foreigners. Every foreign country is, in, is their fatherland, and every fatherland is foreign. A lot of times people look at us like we're nuts <laughs> when we tell them what we do, that we, uh, that we bought a motorhome, we don't have a stable place. Someone asked me today if I missed that, and I do. For 22 years, I had a home and could host people in my home. And as women, we like to nest and, and have that security. And, um, and then when we tell them what we're doing now at our age, they think we're, we're crazy. And sometimes I do too. Um, but then, you know, you're reminded that really all of us are foreigners in, in this land. You know, we're just here temporarily. And so um, I remember someone had shared with us one, just the acronym LIVE, Living in View of Eternity. And when you kind of see everything that you do and that's your perspective or your paradigm, it really changes how you go about life and how you, how you make um, decisions. In our increasingly transient society and in an era with uh, ongoing cultural change, it remains essential to keep our spiritual bearings. We're members of Christ and citizens of his kingdom first. Secondly, Priscilla and Aquila's lives point out the importance of true Christian hospitality. When Paul arrived in their community, they gathered in a worn-out traveler. They provided shelter, company, and income for him, advancing his missionary ventures. One of the uh, pros and cons of what we do is we travel a lot, and we're not in one place very long. We don't even get to be at our home church very long. They, they've seen us not very off, very much over the last, you know, seven or eight years. Um, and, um, but the, the pros to it is just like we were here for these few months as we get to meet other believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, 
um, and have the encouragement. I mean, we didn't know anybody when we came up here. It was just the two of us in isolation, as I would tell my friends back home. How's it going? We're very isolated. And we like the country and we like the UP, but there's a little nerve-wracking nerve when you don't know anybody. It's a little bit like moving overseas where you're getting, you know, started to know. Um, and the UP is a little bit like moving into a new country um, for the, those of us that aren't used to it. But um, just as Duane was sharing area, you know, earlier, we had people that, you know, welcomed us, that helped us out in, in time of need. We had no idea. Duane was going to walk. We were living on the big lake. He says, well, I guess I'm just going to walk to Newberry and get the parts. I said, you are not walking. It's winter, <laughs> and it'll take you all day. No, I don't think so. Well, then he Googled it. It was a five-hour walk one way. And so I'm like, just call the pastor. And he had reached out to Dwayne that week and, and taken him to lunch. And so Dwayne shared with you how helpful that was. And then um, the Walshes let us use their van to get groceries and so forth. But... Just the hospitality that you've shown is something that we get to experience and a lot of people don't get to do in their bubble. We get to travel and, and experience that. Their table and living room become sources of encouragement and instruction for those who would teach the church at large. Lastly, Priscilla and Aquila's story is one of risk and obedience. Priscilla and Aquila are therefore great models for all men and women called to acts of courage. Their lives were testimonies of God's faithfulness to the refugee, the worker, the obedient, and the wise. See, when you're a tent maker, always patching holes, always repairing tears, always setting up and taking down, you long for something more. You long to see people in crisis be rescued. Your heart burns for the next generation of believers. You look to a heavenly home and know that your life is always in Christ. You can see that someday what you have stitched and sown, where you have invested and the stakes you have sunk, as fleeting as they seem now will matter forever, and that is worth giving whatever it takes. Thanks, Jane. So that wraps us up and where God has us and where we're at today. And we're just thankful for, again, for the church here um, and how you've played a role in our life and you didn't even know it. Um, but that's how God works, right? He uses us and sometimes we don't even know it. Well, let's pray. Dearly, Father, we just thank you again for this day. We thank you for uh, this Mother's Day. We thank you for our mothers and for the love that they have for their kids, um, their husbands, uh, their friends, um, the prayer warriors that they become. We just thank you for them, Lord, and we just pray that you'd just bless them today. We just thank you for this church here in Newberry, Lord. We just thank you for the people that are here, the welcoming handshakes, and uh, just the people that are uh, able to reach out to us, even though they don't know us. Uh, but yet, we are family. And uh, we just thank you that the church here sees that um, and has opened their arms to us as well. We just thank you for the time that we've been able to be here uh, in the UP, um, it's been a re time of reflection for us, uh, but it's also been a time, God, for you to work in us and to show us your direction. And we just praise you and we thank you, God, that you have filled the calendar for the year, Lord. And now we just pray that you would, and we know that you will provide the finances as you already have. We just praise you and we thank you. We 
pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you, brother.